you're listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy-to-adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Voices of A, episode 32. Rick Rushton here with my good friend, Peter Kakos, and a very special guest. Pete, welcome. Absolutely, Rick, and it's uh, it's great to be here today, and uh, it's great to have this special guest with us well and truly, because um, I'm very proud and privileged to call Fiona Blaney my friend. But uh, for certainly a bit of background about Fiona Blaney, CEO and director of a highly successful consultancy and training recruitment business called Real Plus. It's going to be a lot of titles we're going to um, say about Fiona <laughs> right now, but, uh, but I'm looking to delve into a, a lot more deeper stuff. But, um, but Fiona is a phenomenal person and a phenomenal coach and trainer and you know, has really developed a reputation as one of the finest in the industry to be able to lead businesses and individuals uh, around their business strategy, how do they attract talent, and is a real growth specialist as well. And certainly identified and uh, evidenced by the fact from the REI and the elite agent she's been known as one of the top influencers, and as well as being a finalist as one of the thought leaders in the real estate industry. So she's had a host of um, sort of accolades in terms of what she does. But I think importantly as well, incredibly importantly, she's a a beautiful wife and a mother of three absolutely gorgeous children who um, we've actually had the pleasure of just having at our home very, very recently and wasn't that crazy times. <laughs> oh, goodness. But um, but welcome to Voices of LU, Fiona Blaney. Thank you. Thanks, Pete and Rick, for having me. And it's a very special welcome back, Fee, because you have been on briefly before and then we're obviously expanding on that uh, with this particular interview and the opportunity to sort of learn a little bit more about not just your business uh, side of things, which Pete sort of reeled out there, which is amazing. But, you know, we've had the great fortune of knowing you as a person and watching your growth and development and now watching you give that gift back to the clients that you work with and helping them grow. So it's a great opportunity today for our listeners to hear from someone who not just talks the talk but walks the walk and is time-tested in it and got some real-life experiences to share. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and share all that. I've certainly got a lot of opinions and thoughts on things, some of which I get paid to tell people and some of them I just give for free. So, you know, um, yeah, everybody's you got an opinion, like, don't yeah. they? Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I absolutely love your passion, Fee. Um, I think you well and truly know that and the amount of times that we have robust discussions and I, and I mean that in a, in a really nice way because – we all love and the three of us love to challenge ideas and and the status quo I guess in uh, to a large extent and you have the fortunate position of, of being around a lot of incredible businesses and they um, they get you into talk strategy and talk growth and you know how do we do that and how do we manage that I guess right off the bat love to know you know what are the biggest challenges that you're seeing in these businesses and 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 I'm talking businesses and also with individuals as well but what do you see out there as um as the biggest thing that comes up it's a really great question I think if I was to generalize I would I like words I love language you'll probably hear that today but the word I would use is evolution and managing evolution and when I when I talk about that that just sounds oh yeah great really lovely airy fairy stuff (laughs) but what do I mean by it I mean that most of us go through two passages of evolution we go through a business career professional evolution and alongside of that at the moment in all industries really is you know this emergence of tech and the the whole how do we maintain our our business you know throughout this tech uh, the, the tech takeover, if you like, but at the same time, is that we've all got these lives that we are 
evolving through as well. I, I think we, you know, we talked um, previously, Rick, about the concept of the chapters of a life. Mm. So, you know, we all go through chapters of life based on our simplistically our age and then also what's happening around us. So mm. that life journey of, you know, are you married? Are you single? Are you, do you have children? Uh, are you currently in business? Are you moving towards retirement? Are you staying in the same location or have you moved to a different suburb or interstate or country? You know, they're all chapters. And so evolution is whilst we've got this business career place going on over here, how do we actually manage that and coincide it, evolve that at the same time as we're evolving these different chapters in our life? And do they always work? And I find most of the time what we want in one or expect to have in one we're not then able to have what we want or expect to have in the other. You know, mm. Ida Buttress said you can have it all but just not at the same time and yeah, I think that's right. the biggest problem with the evolution phase. So the work-life balance that everyone so, so aspires for, it's very aspirational, isn't it? <laughs> what are some of the key pillars that you see if people really do want to have it all, do want to have the work-life balance? What are some of the key must-haves and maybe some of the must-never-dos in terms of ensuring that you do get work-life balance? So work-life balance, um, I don't believe in it. Yeah. Okay, because I think contextually the word balance, we set ourselves up for failure immediately. Yeah. When we think about balance, if you just think about a seesaw, right, a kid's yep. seesaw in a playground, to have a balanced seesaw means that both sides of the seesaw need to be in exactly the same equal space, yep. you know, on either side of the seesaw. So, you know, just by that we're setting ourselves up for failure. Yep. We, we all are striving for something that's actually not possible yep. because if we look at balance then just by time across a day, 24 hours in a day, you know, split that into an even balance, it's eight hours in each section, okay, eight hours work, eight hours sleep, eight hours play. Okay, that's just not possible if yep. you want to have it all. Yep. Um, you know, when I work with people and we, we sit down and we create like a life map and a life plan, every single person, the first time they do that, the whole thing is it's just never going to happen. The wheel doesn't roll smoothly, the wheel, does it? Forget the wheel. It's, it's, it's that they've created this most, if you look at an, a wheel, they've got a, a wheel for a 400-tonne semi, yep. you know, in, in a space that is actually only the wheel of, a, of an Audi, right? Yep. And I mean that not disrespectfully to people, but we completely overestimate what is possible in all areas of our life at the mm. same time. And so you can't change the world working bank hours. It's like, you know, go change the world, honey, but be home by five. So what you're saying is when you're at work, you have to, you know, give a fair portion of that 168 hours of the week that's going to have to go towards an economic return, i.e. You, your professional focus. Correct. Or actually think about, and this is what I work with, all of the owners of businesses and, and anybody actually, team members that I work with, is – Let's actually get right back to why you are doing everything that you yep. do. The so why. what do you want yep. and why do you want it? And I can tell you now, every I've got people, I've got someone I'm, I'm working with at the moment and they wanted me to come in and create um, performance standards and, and KPIs and things for a general manager in their business. And I said, sure, I'll can email that across to you right now if that's what you want. I've yep. got a template. Here you go. <laughs> right? But but let's actually delve deeper into that. And when I said, mm. well, why do you need that and why and why and why, just constantly asking questions, I worked out that the whole reason is this person wants to be able to exit the business in a certain period of time. Why do you want to do that? Well, it's for family reasons. It's this, that and the other, right? So most of the time our drivers are external to our business. We don't correctly align our external drivers, our external needs with our internal um, business needs. Yeah. And then the, the balance doesn't come into play. You, you know, we, we talk about, well, if I want to have, um, 
you know, I want to be able to, I'll give myself as a personal example, why don't we do that for a minute? So two years ago, two and a half years ago, I made the decision that I wanted to um, be able to pick my eldest daughter up from school uh, on from the 1st of February when she started kindergarten um, last year. And so in order to do that, that was my driving why. What did the, of, because of then what the next two years needed to look like mm. in order for me to achieve that goal? Five years, well now six and a half years ago when I gave birth to her, we made a decision that there was no mat leave for me, right? It was it was heads down, bum up for the next five years so that at that, again, at that 1st of February 2018, that I was able to be at the school gate and I call it freedom to choose. Mm. So what did that mean? That meant that I became really clear for my balance, right, for that yep. five-year period was not nine till five, mm. It was goodness knows to goodness knows and I would not be going to certain functions or, you know, friendships and and other time spent in other areas. I had to take that time to refocus it and allow it to help me get to my end goal for for February. Yeah. Mm. So what I'm hearing there for you is first you make your choices, then your choices make you. And if the if you know why you're doing it, that's the Gary Keller sort of point, Pete, in you know, the one thing. Yeah, if you know why you're doing what you're doing, everything falls in around that. Mm. You made that a very big goal. Um, and I think when we talk about the roadblocks, I think it's very clear that everyone sort of wants to know what to do when very few people mm. want to know why they're doing it. So, right. you know, Jim Rohn used to say reasons come first, answers come second. If you find enough reasons, you'll find enough answers, but you can never do it the other way around. That's what I'm hearing with that. Yeah, and if you don't have that clarity, it, it leads yeah. to disappointment, it leads to frustration, it leads to, well, it leads to that, that big thing called guilt as well. Oh, so, absolutely. So how do, you, how do you overcome stuff like that? I mean, is that, is that through this clarity? What, what would be your, your quick tip? Quick tip is you need to be 100% clear on where you're going and when you want to get there. Mm. The when is very is, is almost just as important yeah, yeah. as the clarity on where. Because if you don't have that time frame, you you allow I'm an ideas person. I love ideas. You know, Pete, you and I have sat around over many a beverage and come up with a hundred <laughs> ideas to change the world. Non-alcoholic? <laughs> oh, let's just leave that for okay. another interview. <laughs> but what happens is is you you'll go off in ideas and it, it's like um, in our business we call it the pop-up shop, yep. right? We, we don't have time for pop-up shops all the time. It, it's let's just keep focus, keep the main thing, the main thing, because we have the goal in mind. Let's not allow ourselves to get distracted by anything mm. else that's not going to help us achieve that goal. And and when you have complete clarity on why you're doing it, things like this word sacrifice, you know, or give up that I hear bandied around, mm. I had to sacrifice this or I had to give up this. You don't feel like you're giving something up. Yeah. Right? You feel like you are moving towards the outcome that you have set. And that's a awesome, very different mind what an frame. awesome distinction right there. And it becomes a lot easier. If people say, I want to get up earlier or I want to do this or do that, it becomes a whole lot easier to do that if you know you're getting up with a purpose. Mm. Mm. Well, And you're not saying, Pete, then you're not saying, I want to get up earlier. You're saying, I am getting up at X because throughout the um, frame of my day, I need to achieve one, two, three, four, and five. And to do that, I need eight hours or nine hours or 10 hours. And I've also worked out that I, I want and am going to be home for six o'clock dinner, mm. which means I'm going to get up at whatever time in the morning that you need to do to get that amount of hours in the day to get done what you need to get done with the productivity and the focus to ensure that it, you reach that outcome. Mm, yeah. You know, this whole... 
you know, I have a lovely band, banter around the 5am club. I think, oh, so bloody hell, 5am, whatever, you know. <laughs> to me, it's not about, oh, I've got to get up at 5am to achieve life. Yep. It's about how much time do I need to allocate during the day yep. in order to get done what I need to get done to yep. reach the goal that I've set with the clarity that I needed because I've got my why outcome. Yeah, yep. And if that means you get up at 10 o'clock, congratulations. I love it. And, I mean, and that adds a lot more flavour yeah, to exactly. the to-do list or you might call it the to-achieve list yep. or as as McGee calls it, to-be list. Yep, to-be um, list. That's actually putting some real meat in the sandwich, isn't it? And I think the other thing, you know, when I hear all that from Fee, what she sings to my heart because I figure if, you know, God wanted me to see 5 a.m., he would have made it about 7.30. Like, that, you're right. You don't – it's not about what <laughs> time you – it's not to, what time you get up. It's what you're putting into the hours and why you're doing it. And if you're very clear on that, you're saying it just seems to flow that way. And what I also hear with, with Fee, Pete, is words change her world. So she's not <laughs> – she's asking really good questions of herself. She's not asking why she's getting up. She knows why she's getting up. It's just like what time do I need to get up? When do I need to be moving to achieve what I want to achieve today to make sure I can pick up number one daughter at 3.30 this afternoon? I love that. Mm. Absolutely. It's, I think we, we go to um, training sessions, we read books, we watch um, videos online and – TED Talks. Uh, TED Talks, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank Hashtag. You. And <laughs> what happens is when we're doing that – we're looking for a magic pill. Mm. And when someone says to us, get up at 5 a.m. and you will achieve your goals, we all go, oh, great. So what does that actually mean when I get up at 5 a.m.? Yeah. What's the context around yeah. the 5 a.m. club? Yeah. T- so tell I'm me up, that. I'm up. What do I do now? I'm up. Great. <laughs> I'll get up at 5 a.m. What am I going to sit on the lounge and watch, you know, show my age here, watch video hits and, you know, have my coffee. <laughs> like this. I certainly did that back in the day, but uh, it, it didn't it achieved a very different goal for the day. Yeah, Why do I have glory again or I will survive in my head? But Robin, Robin Sharma, you know, and I, I think the 5 a.m. is really just an identification of a particular time. Mm. So Robin Sharma's new book, 5 a.m. Club, talks about four and I won't go into the four sort of parts to it, but also uh, The Miracle Morning uh, by Hal Elrod. You know, he talks about it as well. But there are specific things you do and there's gratitude journals, there's exercise, there's breathing and meditation exercises and so forth like that. Whatever works for you. But there needs to be, again, gets back to this whole purpose. What is mm. the core purpose? Why are you doing it? And you've really got to make that decision in life. You know, Are you at the place where you really want to be now? Because um, if you're not, there's some significant and subtle changes you can make and that might just be one of them. I mean, here's the other point to that. So does it mean if I get up at 4.55, am I five minutes ahead of the market? don't think I am unless I'm doing something. So if I get up at 4.55, does that put me five minutes ahead of my competition? Not really unless I'm actually doing something. So I think you're saying wake up knowing what your outcomes are for the day, not the activities. Not, don't try and manage the time. Manage your choices. Choose better choices and you'll get better outcomes and, and it's just a reoccurring loop for you the way you've got it set up. Yeah, I call it, we, we, well, I call it life by design. Mm. You design everything else. Okay, you have a complete strategy around your business. Why do you not have a strategy around your life? How good is that? Right? Sitting down, okay, who's your business partner in life? Mm. Is that your husband, wife, significant other, your partner, your best friend, your parents? Like depending on what age you are, um, what point you're at, it could be your children if you're older. And so actually sit down together. Mm. I've got goosebumps as I'm saying this because it's it's actually design the, 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 the life you want and then create the strategy by which to get there. Yeah. And when you're doing that, work out through the process if you've got a too great an expectation on yourself because if you have too great an expectation for what you're going to get done in any week, month, then the whole thing's going to fall apart. Yeah. So it wasn't the fact. Sometimes we allow the enormity of what we expect to achieve to unravel the necessity 
for designing the life and making the steps forward. Yeah. We, we blame the process rather than our expectations. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And isn't it interesting, you know, we will design our holidays and our vacations greater than we'll design our, yes. our lives. And maybe that's because escape's more easier to design than, than reality of, you know, what we need to do to, to get there. I, I just love, I know you live and breathe this feat, being around you and knowing you how I do, knowing how you are with Michael, your husband, or like just this incredible guy, like amazing guy. And your beautiful children, and how you are with your children—it's it's classic. Like I just, I the the, the mothering and the parenting. Um, I, I learned a lot to spend. I learned heaps <laughs> spending time with you, but also the daughter you are to your parents, and um, and who you are to them. So I, I actually get to to live it and see it that that what you talk and how you speak the truth and your authenticity, I think needs to be noted here that it's um. You're living and breathing it, and that's that's why that's why you're here. That's why you're on, and that's why you've got some great messages for our listeners. Mm. If if we're saying authentic for a sec, right? The reality is that anybody doesn't matter who they are in the world. You know how brilliant they are, what a brilliant mind they are, or what level of achievement they've had. Every single one of them will tell you that it doesn't happen perfectly every day, mm. and it doesn't mean that. Um, I love a saying, as you've probably already worked out, and one of them is the road of life is peppered with potholes. And so everybody hits potholes. You know, you have a, a parent that is that is sick, which is happening in, in our family world at the moment, and that's been a big pothole for us. And I've had to redesign our world and and redesign what has what will now be the new norm for us um, as an only child and other people who may have siblings or not. It, it creates this other um, need outside of what you were prepared for, right? Mm. And that could be anything in your world. And so life by design is not set and forget. Life by design is with intent every day with a bigger knowing around what and what do I want my life to ultimately look like. It's not days of our lives and Hollywood. It's what would I ideally like it to look like and how every day do I need to make adjustments and who can I call on and and who are those people that I can reach out to in the community, in my business world or my professional personal world in order to rally around me and help me get that end outcome that I'm looking for. Mm. And I think when you do that authentically, yep. you know, and you're genuine, yep. people want to help you. Mm. People want to help people. People want that ultimate sense of community. And as hollow as social media can be sometimes at the end of the day that's why most people are on it mm. is it's the sense of community that you would feel so yeah. going back into the real world for a sec or you know what a 1970s baby calls the real world is walking <laughs> down the street and and so it's who can you bring together around you professionally or personally in order to help you achieve the life by design and get through the potholes and, and navigate it all? And so when you hit those potholes, who, who's your reference point? Is it you first and then if you don't have the solution, where do you go to outside of your sort of headspace to get back on, not back on the horse because you're, you're pretty clear on what that looks like, but you know, if you have those moments where you don't have the solution, where, who's your sources of you know, where do you go um, to get the solution? Well, I think... I think the show is a fan of Paul McGee. We've talked about sumo. Yep. And I think that the first thing is, is that we all have a hippo moment. Yep. Right? We all we all wallow in the mud for a bit and go, 
what am I going to do here? You know, we, as a female, I might cry in the corner in the fetal position and, you know, have a bowl of ice cream or something. Or as a male. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Pete, another story. And yeah. um, and so, so first I'll do that, yeah. okay? And then I'll, you know, get back up and I love that, um, you know, go to my kids' um, music a lot and it's like, I will get back up again. We sing that in our house. And so I was like, mum has to get back up again and go, all right, what am I going to do? Yeah. And over time, I have become very clear on who are the people that I should go to to get real advice. Yep. To, and what I mean by that is, you know, I've, uh, no fluff, just no, no fluff, fluff, right? Yep. Yep. No ulterior motive, yep. no hidden agenda, yep. no personal perspective. Yeah. So it's I've got friends of mine who are very different to me, very, very, very different to me. And so those people, some of them, I know if I go to them with a certain issue, they will have a very thwarted, non-Fiona yep. um, idea as to what should happen. So just tell to you straight. Yeah, no, actually, um, sorry, Rick, the, the opposite. That's what they, I'm saying, like they, would, like they won't tell to you straight. No. You've got you to work they, through it. They, yeah. they would tell me what they would do, yeah. which is actually very different to, to what, what I correct. should do, yeah, yeah. right, even without the knowing. So, you know, I, I have a five people that, that I will go to, um, my husband obviously being one of them. Yep. Um, I have Pete's right, I have a quite a unique relationship with Michael in so much as he does tell me straight. Yep. <laughs> I think he tells me straight more than anybody. Um, and then I'll have, I'll have business mentor, um, yep. two of those that I will go to um, and they will tell me straight. They know me. They know how I work. They're telling me how I should do something. How often would you go to them? Oh, as if, often as I need. Yeah, but say in any given month, how often would you go to them, do you think? Never thought of it like that. I, I will be talking to somebody every other day. Okay, perfect. That's that's all. So it's hard to do it on your own. If, ever, if it was easy to do, we'd all be doing it on our own, but we mm. need you know to have coaching and we need to have sort of mentorship. Keep going. So you've got a couple of business mentors that you go to. Yeah, and then I've got um, – I've got a – it was very interesting. When I first started down this uh, having children and, and the school world, yep. I was the mum that didn't feel that she fit in. I actually got – I'll tell you this, as listeners might find this quite funny. I actually got coaching around being – integrating myself <laughs> into the school oh, world, right? right? Because I have known over my life that I am a very big personality yep. and I will either engage someone or ostracise someone. And the school playground is just this new, oh, my God, world, right? And it really is like going back to school. But in, we give that a negative connotation. But realistically, it is just because there's a group of people who are brought together for no other reason other than school. Yeah. Right? And so... Um, anyway, so I got some coaching around that and and it was with a coach that I already work with, by the way. I didn't just go and find a high back-to-school mother so coach. Do you, do you pop that into Google? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come up. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And so, you know, they were helping me and they said, all you need is an ambassador. I said, okay, ambassador. tell me about that, right? What's the ambassador? And they said, well, in any given group, somebody in that group is going to love you. Because you'll resonate with them, you you know, you'll love them, they'll love you, it's great. But then that person is the person that tells everybody else, yeah, she's loud, yeah, she's boisterous, <laughs> yeah, she's got an opinion. But have you actually listened to her? She's great. You yeah. know, we, we love her. Yeah. And so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I have now got friends that I go to when something's happening in these new contextual elements that I'm foreign to me. Um and 
And they will help me navigate that. They will help me read it and understand it and know what to do and mm. give me some feedback for me, which is great. But how special was- is that, Pete? Like, so it's important to Fee, so she wants to get coaching around it. And, <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit older than both you two and I've got sort of been... You're a lot older. Yeah, thank let's you. Be okay, let's be honest. <laughs> and I was just at a school function this morning and, you know, I'm thinking over the journey, gee, they've changed, you know, so our eldest is 27 next uh, in, in 14 days' time. Mm. And so I've gone through the pre, primary, high, uni the whole graduation sort of thing and I've always thought about this every parent has a common goal they just don't have a common way of getting there so you're the fact that you sort of went and got coaching around that is just a concept I'm getting my but head it's around it's uncharted waters it is for yep. so many in that in that school playground I was in a parent teacher interview the other day I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on a previous podcast but I was in a parent teacher interview thinking what am I doing here oh, like yeah. I'm 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 too young for this. <laughs> it was really I don't I don't know exactly. I can't. It's not really to, too young for it. That's no, that. I'm not too young for it. That. Okay. But, but that's the thing. I, I found it hard to verbalise exactly what I was feeling in there. But I just felt like whether it's a maturity thing or whatever. Yeah. It's like, but here's it's, the other thing with that. You feeling. know, in early days it was called parent teacher interviews. Now it's a review interview, i.e. we're reviewing where your child's at yeah. mm-hmm. and we're reviewing your child not against the you know, the syllabus or not against the state average. We're, we're reviewing your child's progress against her personal best as we understand mm-hmm. it. And I just listened to that and thought, where were you like two decades ago? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, like everything, everything's progressed. So I, I love the fact that you go to these sources to get sort of you know, coaching is the right mm-hmm. words of saying it. But you know, more importantly around that, because you're very clear on you want to be a better parent and you've made that one of your big wives pick up your, your daughter. I think it's fantastic. Do you think, Fee, it's a challenge? The attention that that a trainer, coach, mentor like yourself, because you, you, you play that role and you do it so brilliantly well, the challenge that, that I see and hear is that a lot of people and, and, and the effort and time and energy that's put into that mm. then takes away from a lot of their home life. And the attention they might potentially put into children or their spouse or significant other partner, whatever it may be, what, what would you say to that? How do you? And I, don't, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a bit nervous to use that word balance now with you. But um, but how would you how would you see that? Because you are a heart and soul person, you know, without a doubt. What you take into a boardroom is phenomenal. What you take into your lounge room is equally as phenomenal. And I think. Or for my observation, I think a lot of people struggle or find that mm. as a bit of a challenge. Mm. What would you say to that? Choice. Choice is what I would say to that and owning my choice. Olive said to me years ago, Mama, put down your phone and play with your babies. Mm. And I had some people in my life at that time in business context that were not respecting or understanding we weren't in the same we just weren't on the same page with what we all needed outside of business hours can I use that loose term for a sec mm. yep and I just don't answer the phone I actually have made a conscious decision over time and maybe to some extent it's a little cynical of a decision in such that Every business I walk into to some extent has got similar problems. Mm. So maybe it's like, and I'm reluctant to refer to myself like a doctor, but, you know, a doctor walks into a a patient or any form of surgery. A consult. A consult. And they are met with similar scenarios. If you are a 
um, heart surgeon, you're going in and you have a job to do and you walk in and, and you have to remove yourself from, from that situation. Mm. Sometimes people pass away. Sometimes they come out and they have a different life to what they were before. All these things happen. And, and to some extent, in a diff- weird way, business coaching isn't any different. You've, you've got to remember that um, with these people, you're dealing with their lives, it's highly important. And while you're there, you are 150% invested. But when I get home, I need to be 150% invested with yep. my children and so you my just husband. just separate, just separate y- from the professional yeah. to now the personal and you're, you're there. Uh, someone I coach, which is just really interesting, this is, this is so funny. I said, you know, she was telling me about the challenge she has when she goes home and she's trying to be everything, a great mom, a great production. Mm-hmm. She's a principal tough. of a, a real estate company. She said so, that same thing to me and I said, do you know what, you can actually turn off your phone. Just try that. And she, and it's true as I'm sitting here, she said, I don't think I've ever turned off my phone. <laughs> she said, yeah. I don't think I've ever turned off my phone. I said, well, just try it, see what happens. If it's important, they'll leave a message. If it's not, they'll probably sort it out. Either way, you've, you've distanced yourself from the operation and now back into you know, being who you are on the home front. Wherever you are, be there, I think, is the message. I've, um, I've been taken to task before on how long my voicemail is. Because it is ridiculously yeah, long. I agree. <laughs> um, Try Shani Layton's though. We've talked about that in a previous episode. Oh, my gosh. But um, in essence, my, my voicemail message sets you up as the, um, the person who's receiving that message sets you up for the fact that I'm not ringing you back. Mm. And I triage people through that messaging system. And if it's important enough, I get them to text me. Yep. And um, and then if it's important enough on the text and I can read the context of the text, then I know whether or not I need to ring them. I know my clients well enough to yep. understand who's suffering today, yep. who's not, who's in major turmoil. I know what's going on with that. So, of course, if I have a client that's going through a significant issue in their life and I know that they're going to potentially need me, then I will see that on my phone. Yep. And I will tell my children when I come in that night, I'll say, look, I'm letting you know that up front right now, yeah, mum's going to be away for like 10 minutes. Correct. Yep. Mum's going to need to take a call tonight uh, at some point potentially if yep. Bill calls me. Yep. So just be prepared for that. And they say, okay, who is that mum? And I say, I need to help Bill. Bill has a problem. Mum helps Bill. This is what I'm going to do. Yep. And so they think, oh, that's nice. Mum's helping Bill. But if I talk to Bill, Mary, John, Giovanni, Gloria, like if I speak to five, six people in that night, who do they think I'm helping? Mm. Right? I'm taking away from really good. from this the, the whole purpose in for me and what's important to me. That's not judging anybody else no, for no. anything. You yeah. know, we don't have a nanny, we don't have an au pair, we don't have any of that stuff. And people say, oh, what does your husband do? Is he at home all day? No, he's a barrister and so he's working long hours. Yeah. And you know what? We've just worked together that as a family, these are the things that were important to us. Yeah. And um, we've, we have great family support. I'm not taking away from that. But... The, the reality is we've worked out what that is, yep. we circumnavigated it or I take my phone, I put it away and people re- actually respect me more. They want to know how I do that. We don't take phones on holidays. They get put in the safe at the destination where we're going yep. and I don't check my phone for two weeks. So you just amazing, build, isn't it? So it hasn't affected your yeah. business, hasn't affected no. you. Know? In fact, no. you're more busier than ever. But you build silos around where you are at that moment in time So and you make yourself – you also educate your clients around this is this is the rules of engagement if you want to engage with me. And as you say, I, I think that builds a greater respect for you because you've actually – someone who can show them – Here's a process that actually works. I'm doing it personally. I'm coaching it as well and I'm giving you the opportunity to join in. Correct. Yes. If, I, if I take calls all night, all day, what am I telling my people that they should do? Mm. 
I think I said that to you, Rick, when you went to America uh, a month or so ago. Yeah. And he's like, everything will be okay. Yeah, mate, Rick, it's, it's okay. The world's going to keep going, going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think here in Melbourne, well, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, we'll get, we'll we'll get, get through it. We'll get the through it. We'll keep on turning. Yeah. I, Collingwood I will Another little tip for everyone listening is if I'm not sure about a um, you know Samsung device, but certainly on an on a iPhone device on the new upgrade what happened was that you were allowed to set time limits for how long you spend on various applications in your phone yeah and so right now i have a fi- right you can actually uh-huh yeah 100 i have a 15 minute time limit set per day for anything social yeah so that's across wow. all social function including whatsapp they, yeah. they class that as social and so after i've spent 15 minutes in a social space on my phone the phone will come up with a timer and it says um, you've hit your limit, basically. Yep. Do you want to ignore this? Now, that's a really important sentence. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to ignore? Is that like a snooze button? It's like snooze, mm. except you can snooze the 15 minutes and go for another 15. Go, right? go helpful. But then what happens is oh, you, you get a screen off. print off, don't you? The then you of, get a screen print then off. Then you get a, this is what your time on this social media. like a guilt thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but I think <laughs> kind what, of. what Fee's sort of saying there is like when people say to me, oh, I just don't have the time, I can't have the uh, It's not that you don't have the time, you haven't made the time. Mm. And so You're using it differently. And if you go, give me your phone and I'll go online and see how quickly you've been spending time on, they are staggered. Yep. They don't even know until it's shown to them Correct. that that's an option. So my phone tells me at the end of the day, here's your hours or minutes on you know, screen time. So since you brought it up and, and Rick and I love talking about people's edited versions of themselves on, on a little thing called social media, mm. let's talk. Can we, can we swing this oh, to yes. social media? Bring it. Buckle up, people. Buckle, buckle up. up. Yeah, I'm but, just um, you know she's got both guns out of the holster. <laughs> it's a bit like oh, loaded. It just drives me mad. I'm pretty sure I've just lobbed a no, ball no, straight into – um, the- No, it's a grenade. <laughs> I'm, I, you know – Take uh, it I've, away, take it yeah, away. Yeah, thank clear. you. Yeah, Rumble hand over clear. the conch. Away we go. Here's the thing, right, is that I've written an entire keynote presentation and on what, I, what I've called the comparison cloud. Yeah. Mm. Okay? And the comparison cloud is we are now, we live under a cloud of comparison with people we don't even know. So it's a bit like a digital version of the Joneses. We've got to keep up with the Joneses. 100%. So you can add that in there. I'll put that in. The worst thing to do, right, Valentine's Day, if you're single, you don't go on Facebook because everybody on the planet <laughs> is, in has, is in love <laughs> and everybody on the planet has just received roses or chocolates or whatever that sometimes they've bought for themselves. My one and only forever. Oh, my gosh. And so it's just like you just end up this weight of the world, everybody being better, everybody having more, everybody doing more that you don't even really want in your life at the moment in time anyway, but social media is telling you that you should have it because everybody else does and therefore you're not. Uh. I showed my children a clip. <laughs> okay, so that's one bullet fire, but we've got a fair few more in the Okay, chamber. one more thing for you. I showed my, my children. My children are not on social media. Um, there's not one photo of my kids on there. There is nothing. And I'll tell you what happens. I go to conferences, events, and people walk in and they go, oh, my God, your kids are so cute. And I say, oh, are they this? I say, oh, my gosh, how old are they now? And I tell them the ages. And um, I say, oh, Olive's six and a half, Nina's five, Orla's one. Oh, my God, that little Orla. Oh, my God, just a trip. <laughs> and I sit there and I think, yeah, yeah. oh, my gosh, social media has gotten to the point where you actually think, you genuinely think you've seen my children. Mm. I don't know you. You've not seen them, right? This is, okay, stalkerish. The third thing that I want to say <laughs> is this. Because my kids are not on social, 
I, As in, you don't put them on socials. That, we don't want people yeah, to put on their own account. No, they don't have their own account. Sure. I don't put them on social. Yeah, no. <laughs> Laptop. She oh, could. It's no big deal. I'm not saying she can't. <laughs> yeah. She's got the ability. Oh, but. my gosh. Yeah. Her, her, um, her Google glasses. Anyway, the um, what happened was I showed them, they were asking about it. And so I showed them a video that was made around how people stage Instagram photos. Yeah, right. And it was this incredible, um, it was a, a, a video tour and so somebody's setting up the Instagram photo and you see the Instagram photo and then it spans back and shows you what's actually oh, happening yeah, around yeah, the Instagram yeah. photo. And my children were like, what do you mean? I said, well, that photo's not real. Like it's just a stage and it's been set. And they could not grasp in their wildest dreams why somebody would do this. Mm. And it was just yeah. a really good moment that in would time. would be so foreign, wouldn't it, to Bloody a child? So foreign, right? Yeah. And I'm saying if, it, if a child and we've, we, we are more intelligent, more advanced, more worldly than our children, yet we still believe like a child innocence that that photo is real. Why? Mm. Because we believe what we want to believe. It's interesting, isn't it? So most of us where we spend time, it actually doesn't make us fulfilled. So what draws us there? We, is it like the misery loves company? Um, what actually is it? Because, um, you know, because there's few people in the world now, um, you know, there's many that are, but there, there, there's certainly a lot that are just not happy, not fulfilled. They're not alive. They're not financially strong. They're not all these things that they appear to be. Mm-hmm. So who are they? One side of the thing is who are they actually fooling? Uh, is it making themselves feel better? Because... It'd, it'd probably make themselves feel better for a nanosecond, wouldn't it? Um, so until we get real with ourselves and what's really going on and have authentic conversations and have this, I guess, this um, this group around you that are going to support and, and so forth, because if you do want to make change, you've, the first thing is actually that that acknowledgement. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I'm, st- I'm with you. I think a lot of people are doing what they're doing, economically speaking, just out of necessity. You know, they're just showing up to sort of earn the income to give them. They're just trying to get through life instead of getting something from life. And I think the way you design it, Fee, is you're making sure whatever arena you're in, you're getting something from that that then mm. fuels your soul that makes you feel like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm growing, I'm getting better because words are really big for you and, and mm. so is your choices. And I think that's really what I'm hearing there. But I think you're right, Pete, that the amount of bloody depression and, you know, suicide rates, and I don't want to make light of it because we've, 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 we've... And we're going to be covering a lot over the next month. And we too, have already so, too. I mean, yeah, one of the feedbacks... Yeah. Uh, from last week's episode is that you know I'm hearing people saying yeah when when are you getting these other people on because we you know, we know you've touched on it I know someone everyone seems to know someone oh, who's not doing me. well mm. and then you, you then I start to think is that really them saying it's them but they don't want to share that they're not doing well they go mm. oh, I've got a friend of a friend who's not mm. doing well and mm. and I I think you know what we try and cover on this particular uh, podcast fee is just people who have not we're not saying we're doing it heaps better than everybody else. We've just got some success principles that are working. Yeah, in basic areas, stuff. And we just want to share it. And yeah. we're hungry. We're hungry yeah, for the information as I well think, as the listener. Yeah, yeah. I think and, – and just, you know, being really clear on the distinction between a mental health issue and going through a patch, yep. right? And what I mean by a patch is that – A few negatives. A few negatives, things that are happening. Yep. And we feel that um, because of this comparison cloud scenario that we're the only ones going through it. Mm. And when you actually um, uh, just be, have courage to openly communicate with others about what's going on in your life, mm. you you will be amazed at what comes back to you. 
And I've got to check myself quite often because the word can't is not in my vocabulary, C-A-N-T. And, yep. um, and when, I, when I say that, that it's not there is that I say to myself, okay, well, everything's a choice. And when I first met my husband, he would say, well, you can't jump off the, the Harbour Bridge. And I said, well, actually, I can. Yeah, I just choose not and to. He, that's right, right? <laughs> and he goes, well, you'll die. I said, exactly, and that's why I don't do it. Yeah. So it, it's for me reaching out to people before I, I reconciled all of this in my mind, reaching out to people was a sign of weakness. It was a sign of um, of me not being able to um, fix these things for my myself and that I shouldn't need other people and that's also part of my, my life backpack. Um, but once I realised that it's not uh, – it's okay to be vulnerable and it's not a sign of weakness, then I realised that there are so many people around you in the same either stage of life – or business moment mm-hmm. that are actually going through exactly the same things and they're there to help you. I'm going to delve into something now which may be a little bit controversial, mm-hmm. but I want your opinions on this. So on social, you do at times find that people say, hey, I've got depression, hand up, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I've been there, okay? I've been there. I look at it now in today's society and say, hey, I've got depression and, you know, it's a bit like you know the Me Too sort of movement and so forth. Sort of goes against what we're talking about um, in, in social media is, is is the authenticness of it. And they think they're being authentic. And this is not to judge. This is I'm just purely putting it out there. Mm. Are they actually pitching this to the right audience? Mm. So I think good on you, you know, pat on the back. You've actually come out. You've, you, you, you're talking about some of your struggles and so forth. I think it's great. Is social the platform for that? So and, – and, and me, I'm sort of 50-50, but – what I really would implore is that they're actually having the conversation about this and what they're going through with the right people. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I get it. I mean, I, I think I'm a bit like you. I'm probably both sides of the fence on that. I think if it takes courage to come out, whatever the platform come out and say, so I'm yep. put my hand up, I think there's that. I'm also a little bit concerned about labels about I'm depressed. Well, you know, if is it really as Fee was talking about earlier? Are you depressed or have you just had a few <laughs> negative incidences that mm, you now mm. build up that, you know, it's a bit like, you know, I didn't know I could have attention deficit disorder, but now that I, I know I can have it, I'll have it. You know, mm, so you've got to be mm. a little bit careful about that. My, my considered view is, is that when someone comes out like that on social media and I know them, the first thing I do is I message them and I just put in the simple, are you okay, question mm. mark. And when they come back and go, not really, I go, then you need to go beyond Dr. Google and professional social media and get some professional help because yeah. that's kind of the next step through. So I'm kind of 50-50 to be honest. Mm, I think um – to be honest, I, I don't feel equipped to answer that question. I don't feel that I know enough about the this social land, the online social landscape and how and why people who are going through these struggles, why they choose that as their their method. Yep. What, what, or what I would say is that I just in, I, I encourage people to reach out to whatever their community is. Um, be that their their inner circle or that that second tier out to let them know how they're feeling and seek guidance or support from the appropriate ways. And if that's a clinical element, great. If the first step is a friend element, great. Yep. Um, but I think the the number one thing is to ensure that 
everybody knows no matter what you're going through and without getting you know deep into the depression piece but even more up in just a functional hey I've got an issue with my staff I'm not really sure how to to handle it or hey my kids are acting up at school this week what would you do um then I think that it's just important to make sure that you you work towards having someone or a group that you can talk to mm-hmm. and and to not be afraid to yeah. to communicate and again we certainly don't so I want to make light of this so if you are sort of challenged in this area in any shape or form there are so many great helplines out there and we'd sort of employ you to sort of follow that we just bring it up as a discussion point yeah. it's a bloody good discussion point mm. it's one that you know Pete and I fee are very passionate about we've already interviewed some people that have touched on it we've got some experts coming up on it in the next sort of little bit so it's, it's, it's too important to me and too Correct. close to yeah. my heart and yep. and and in society right now, it's too big an issue yeah. to gloss over. Exactly. And Mate, the stats and, are frightening. And, and frightening. F- absolutely frightening. And it's, you know, I'd love to do a lot more for it and I just want to make sure that people are getting that right sort of help and using the right and understanding that that might be a, mm. a wonderful place to to certainly verbalise it and and uh, but as long as they're they're taking you know further yeah, steps in I terms of getting right. the right the right sort but of advice. What, one of the things then um, maybe. It, to share with everybody is around how I ended up in the space of of this mindset piece. Yep. Um, maybe just to, to take it in a little slightly different direction. And it was probably, um, uh, well, it would have been eight years ago now and I was single at the time and uh, 35. <coughs> you do the maths. And so I'm 35. I'm, I'm heading off on a plane to Bali. I've got no one to go on my holiday with because everybody else, it's Christmas time, New Year's Eve, they're all doing their family things. All my friends are married with kids and blah, blah, blah. I thought, what am I going to do? So off I jump on a plane. It's quite funny because as I got on that plane, I saw two other girls who I knew from my business circles who were in exactly the same situation. So, boom, instant single friends. But um, the book I took with me, which was given to me by one of my mentors at the time, was a book called Happier. And it's by a gentleman called Tal Ben-Shahar. Hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. And he, like all good books of this nature, is a Harvard University scholar. And he uh, actually has a course at Harvard called Happiness. Wow. And the concept is that happiness is something that is in you. Well, and according to Poppy and Trolls, it's in all of us. Yeah. Um, but the, the concept. <laughs> Thank you, Poppy. <laughs> Thank you, Poppy. <laughs> Wisdom of the ages from Poppy. <laughs> That's it. And the um, Harvard University scholar, Poppy. But what happens is he says everybody gets, gets taught everything in life, right? We get taught communication. We get taught mm. um, everything, science, maths, what have you. Um, but what we don't get taught is happiness. And so we seek it out. Mm. And what this book allowed me to do was actually to stop looking at everybody else, stop looking at everybody else's lives, stop looking at what I'm not able to control and remind me around what it is um, that I find happiness in and where happiness is in me. And that was... Internal resources as opposed to external. Unbelievable book. And anybody Mm. that is looking for something of that, I cannot recommend that book highly enough. I give it to everybody I coach that is going through a similar scenario and... Um, the, there's an incredible array of exercises through it. You've got to start at the beginning and work your way through the whole thing. Um, but it really allows you to redefine, you know, talk about comparisons online, etc. It allows you to redefine where you have your happiness already in your world. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks at your personal life, your, your business life, how you make money, what gives you happiness and what you're really good at and allows you to really narrow that down. And a fantastic resource for people that are, are looking at doing that. 
So, yep, I think that's a great – we'll make sure that link's available yeah. uh, on the notes. Absolutely. It's interesting. The last thing I want to say about social media is it's almost like people have fallen into the trap. I'm going to bring up a guy by the name of Robin Williams, okay? Social media, to a large extent, a lot of people are trying to fall into the trap of trying to make everyone else happy. You know what I mean? Like you can, mm. you can well, continually. Well, he had a great quote on that. Is that well, where you're going? Well, well, I was just going to say that he spent his whole life making other people yep. happy. Now, you ask anyone about Robin Williams, oh, the funniest yep. thing ever, funniest guy. What a guy. It's just yep. totally amazing. I just saw a clip on him the other day, actually. He was yep. doing some jokes at a, um, to the like army a, and so forth, yeah, and then all of a sudden the bugle started playing and yeah, he just stopped, stopped immediately, yep. took Saluted. his head off, turned around. I saw the same thing. Yep. Unbelievable. But, yep. but spent his whole life trying to make everyone else happy and, and, and missed the one person that was most important to make happy, yeah. and that was himself. Yeah. And that was that's sort of a, a message that to in, in, ensure that be careful of, of, of editing your life and, and, and not being that authentic self mm. um, because I think social is the most awesome platform if you are going to be authentic, if you do want to connect with others. I had this awesome conversation this morning with a couple of really good friends of mine up in Sydney and, and we were, you know, just having a chat about certain people that we hadn't seen for a while and so forth. And they were talking about, oh, yeah, 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 uh, they seem to be doing well. Yeah, oh, I haven't seen them for two years, but, yeah, I see what they do on social. So that's actually a way that people are connecting and finding out about people. Yeah. So so you've got to be a little bit careful about what you're portraying out there because it, it may be totally different to what's, what's really going on because people are looking at and judging your life based on that. Mm. Just be real, be, be who you mm. are and then – there's nothing really else to think about, is it? No, I think you know, I would hate to kind of try and quote Robin Williams's quote because I'm sure I'll get it wrong. I don't have it in front of me. But you're saying along the lines of why comedians are so good at making other people feel happy and laugh is because they know what it's like to feel alone and sad. And so he obviously mm. was dealing with that in a, a fairly private way, yet you know, on the public persona, he looked like the most successful. You know, he won an Oscar. <laughs> he was uh, you know, adored by fans, uh, yet he was sort of struggling with his own sort of internal demons. So I think we've got to be very, very careful of that. Fee, if you were now coaching any of our listeners and they come to you with a very clear why, they know why they're doing what they're doing, they've got the work ethic, you know, you're not going to question their work ethic, what would be two or three of the key things you put in play to make sure that they actually have their performance matching their potential as a coach? The concept of um, performance matching potential, I'm not really too concerned with your potential. Okay. Because your potential is what I'm deciding your potential is. I'm concerned with what your very clearly defined goal is and then that is the potential for lack of a better word that's the that's the um the, i won't call it the end game that's the the next time the whistle blows on the quarter and so or you know whether it's a whatever quarter, the period is whatever the period is yeah, yeah. so let's say you know that uh, let's say you're coaching me mm-hmm. so you, you, together with rick we've worked out is very clear mm-hmm. very concise i know you'll do the thing so what, what's the next movement from your standpoint that turns this this aspiration into reality so then we've created a, a menu if you like of the things that need to there happen between now yeah. and then yep. so but it, and that in essence that menu might be made up of a whole range of different elements that go into that yeah. so be that is that specific on the person or is that on the person okay, yeah, absolutely perfect. everything's personalized yeah. I, nothing i do is cookie cutter no, i love it at or I, I, I don't walk in and it's quite funny when I walk into a business for the first time, in, inadvertently at the end of that day, they'll say, wow, 
we were not expecting to end up here today. I said, I know. And they said, were you? I said, yes. <laughs> because I know that over this time that everybody is so different yep. and we've got to work out what's really going on for them before we can, you know, create the prescription of exactly what it is that they need because everybody's journey mm. is different. Everybody's end goal at some level is different because it's just based on different people, different time, different priorities, um, you know, different elements that are available to them. So we then sit down and work out, okay, well, what is this now going to look like to you? And then what do I do? Then I'll work with those people around, okay, now is it every day I need to speak to you? Is it every week I need to speak to you? Is it once a month I need to speak with you? Are we starting daily, moving to weekly, going to monthly? Like what is that? What is your personal need? It's not here's what I'm going to do. It's what do you need? How can I make sure? And sometimes that is a prescription from the doctor yep. that says, yeah, yeah, I get you don't want to talk to me till next month, but here's the thing, I already know. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to talk <laughs> to you tomorrow, you know, because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So so then we work that out. And that might be things that need to change in their personal life, in their professional life, in their own mindset, in their body, you know, their health-wise, what they're putting into it, what they're putting into their brain, a whole calamity of elements that go up to make up a human. Yep. And I think that what um, a lot of people don't realise is the importance of the 360 approach to the achievement of any goal, yeah, right, because the pothole can come up anywhere. Yeah, and not only that, fee. It's not just the three sixty approach, but the fact that it's got to be personal to them because 100%. what's going to work for Pete's not going to necessarily work for me, and it so won't. yet we, we we value similar things. But you know, it's not always going to be one size fits all. It's going to, ha- you know. And so anyone listening here who wants to, you know, explore that further with uh, Fiona Blaney, I would uh, have no hesitation in recommending it. I'm sure Pete would as well. Oh, <laughs> without a, without a doubt, echo those thoughts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's been an incredibly enlightening conversation today, and it's it's as with all our um, voice of value, and Rick and I certainly make sure that we we keep it organic and sort of we don't we don't really know where the flow is going to go in any particular um, meeting. But Fiona is someone incredibly easy to speak to, incredibly easy to be around and incredibly easy to listen to. And I think the other thing, Pete, you and I have known a lot of business coaches over the years, a lot of life coaches over the years. Uh, I'm staggered the more I learn about these people that they're giving business advice and they can't run their own business. I'm staggered that they're giving relationship advice and they're into second and third relationships. I'm staggered that they're giving all this advice and they're not authentically living it themselves. The, The thing I love about Fiona is she has been not only on this freeway to success but she's had a lot of potholes that she's had to rebuild and continually looks to improve that freeway and most importantly doesn't say just jump on the m1 and and straight fast forward to success there's some work to be done along the way i'm happy to work with you on that because you know no matter where you are in your business i've been there no matter where you are in your life i'm pretty sure i've been there Um, i think what i love about fee pete is that uh, when you get the advice from her it's time test it's not a theory she hasn't read it in a book she hasn't watched it on a ted talk she's actually lived it and i know the 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 absolute impact she's had on businesses i know the impact she's had on persons that uh, will will remain nameless for the sake of this but i just know the impact she's had with me and our association goes back to a conference that we used to sort of connect with once a year i know you've got a much closer relationship with fee than than me but uh, you can't help but be energized by her anyone listening to this who wants to get in touch with you fee how do they best do that well i'll give you the bat phone no i'm joking no you just jump onto our website which is realplus.com.au and you'll see all of our contact details there and we'll make sure the links are provided and i really want to make mention of the magnificent conference that um that fiona's been a part of and runs in terms of the the property management space um it's called arpum yep which would be the biggest uh, property management real estate conference 
in the Southern Hemisphere, mm. without a doubt, and does an incredible, incredible job in doing that. And you've been doing this for for a while now, mm. and it just keeps just keeps raising the bar, Absolutely. you know, well and truly. Well, so, hosting it and sourcing speakers and tying in all the messages and making sure that's innovative and and things of that nature. How long have you been doing that for now? Seventeen years. Wow, wow, wow! So you started ah, when you were twenty. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah we oh love that. God. But uh, we're doing the math. <laughs> but Fee, um, personally, thank you for being a wonderful friend and, and and for being that black needle to me too when I when I need it just to just to you know send me off in a in a right direction and um, or to get me back on track. In in many cases, you're a you're a wonderful person to be around. You're an incredible role model to so many. And if you haven't connected with Fee, you really need to do so because she's someone special that you really want in your corner. Um, And thanks for being part of Voices of Value and thanks for sharing with our listeners and and being so raw uh, in every way, shape and form. And before we sign off with Fee's goodbye, if you found some value in this yourself, please make sure you share it with your networks because I've got to say to you, to get around someone like Fiona Blaney, she's incredibly time-challenged and she's given us the great gift today. And, you know, if this is a gift that you've enjoyed, make sure you share it with your networks to ensure that they get the benefit and the same gift that we've had here. Fiona, thank you so much again from all of us here at Voices of Value for adding value again on this platform. Oh, thanks so much, Rick and Pete. It's been so much fun being here. I'm pretty passionate about helping people. So, you know, hopefully they've uh, been able to gain some fantastic insights that they can put into their own worlds. Until next week, this is Peter Kakos, Rick Rushton saying thanks for joining us on Voices of Value and we'll look forward to rejoining you again in seven days' time. See you then. We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton and Peter Kakos. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be. If you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is voicesofvaluepodcast.com, and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way.